This is an adult education podcast of Lanier Technical College. If you are a lawful resident of the state of Georgia and are interested in more free lessons to improve your English or prepare for your high school equivalency diploma, such as the GED or HiSET, please visit our website, www.laniertech.edu. Click on Adult Education and follow the instructions. And now for our lesson. An important part of learning English that many learners can struggle with is subject-verb agreement. Subject-verb agreement is important when we want to deliver information clearly and without confusing others who think we mean something else. For example, we could say, rice and beans are my favorite foods, but maybe we don't like them together. This is quite different to rice and beans is my favorite meal. Not only is verb agreement important for clear communication, use of standard grammar can be important in some professional situations. So in these cases, it is important to follow conventions when speaking or writing. Hello, my name is Hallam Pope from Adult Education at Linear Technical College. And today we will be learning about verb agreement. In this lesson, You'll learn what verb agreement is and what to look for when deciding what form of a verb to use in your speech or writing. We will discuss some ways we can find out if a subject is singular or plural and how to make verbs agree with singular and plural subjects. We'll also cover how to make a verb agree for first, second and third person subjects. And by the end of this lesson, you'll be able to make sure your verbs agree with the subjects in your own sentences, and you'll be able to spot mistakes in subject-verb agreement and pronoun use in texts. Now, don't worry if you're hearing some of those words for the first time. We're here to explain everything in detail and help you understand a little more about how English works. Before we start, ask yourself some of these questions. Do you often find yourself confused about whether to use is or are in certain situations? Subjects like everybody and a group of people are talking about more than one person. So why don't I use are? If this sounds familiar, then stick around. This podcast has been made just for you. So first things first, what do we mean by subject-verb agreement? We'll start with subjects. We can think of subjects as the agents or sometimes the focus of a sentence or clause. The person, thing or object performing or doing an action. Subjects are mostly seen at the very beginning of a sentence. Verbs describe an action being done or link a noun to a descriptive adjective. When we talk about agreement, we are talking about the form of a verb, the way it looks and is spelled, agreeing with the type of subject, and there are often two different forms of a verb to use with singular and plural subjects. I have a feeling you'll understand what I mean with an example. My pet elephant is really big, but its eyes are small. This shows us some clear examples of when to choose is or are. We can ask ourselves, how many elephants do I have? The phrase my pet elephant tells us I have just one. So we use the singular verb form of to be, is. How many eyes does an elephant have? Two. So we use the plural form of to be, 
R. Alright, how about some more examples? Let's compare Georgia is the peach state with the Great Lakes are beautiful in summer. Georgia here is just one US state, so we use the singular is. The S at the end of lakes in the Great Lakes tells us that this name is plural, there are five lakes, so we use R. <laughs> Alright, well that was easy and we can probably end the lesson right here. Unfortunately, as those of you who have been learning English for a long time will know, language can be a little trickier. What about these sentences? Which one is correct? The news is on TV, or the news are on TV. So, is the news a singular or plural subject? Well, it looks plural given the S at the end of news, but if we think about what we are really talking about when we say the news, we are really talking about one piece of information, one TV program, or one type of media. So, actually the news is singular, and the correct sentence is, of course, the news is on TV. When thinking about whether a subject is singular or plural, it can be very helpful to think about what the subject is actually referring to, and whether it is one person, animal, object, or idea, or many. Technically, news is an uncountable noun, more on those later, but the main point here is that don't be fooled by an S at the end of a word. Now, let's consider these sentences. There are 27 amendments to the Constitution, and there is a cat outside. Notice in these sentences that the verb agrees with the noun that comes after it. That's because in these sentences the subject is sort of just shifted, and there takes its place at the beginning of the sentence. In sentences with perfective verbs, like to have eaten, or progressive verbs, like to be eating, only the first verb, the one on the far left, needs to agree with the subject. For example, we can say, we have seen the movie, he has seen the movie, they are watching the movie, she is watching the movie, you have been watching the movie, and that guy has been watching the movie. Here we can see have and are are used for plural subjects, like we, you when used for more than one person, and they. Have and are are also used for the singular subject, you, even when we are talking about just one person. Has and is are used for singular subjects, like he, she, it, and the man. The only subject that is really different here is the singular I, which often uses the same form as the plural or has its own verb forms. For example, he is watching the movie, but I am watching the movie. He has seen the movie, but I have seen the movie. She goes to see a movie, but I go to see a movie. Here we can introduce an idea we have in grammar called person. In English, we have first person, second person, and third person. 
You may be familiar with these names from other places, but we can think of first person as describing an action performed or experienced by the speaker or writer, or a group that includes him or her. So first person singular would be I am here, and first person plural, we are here. So I and others are here. Second person refers to the person being addressed or the person we are talking to. And this is you for both second person singular, you are here, and second person plural, you are here, like you all are here. Finally, we have third person, which we use for people that are not ourselves or people we are talking to. Third person singular is when we talk about one person, animal or object that is not ourselves. You can think about this like two friends gossiping about others. He, she, it, the man, the cat or the ball is here. Third person plural is used to talk about a group we are not a part of. They are here, the people are here or the balls are here. What about when we have subjects that use the word and? Listen to these two sentences. Spaghetti and tomato sauce is my favorite dish. Spaghetti and tomato sauce are both types of food. So what is the difference between the subjects of these two sentences? Why do we use is for one and are for the other? In the first sentence, spaghetti and tomato sauce is my favorite dish. Spaghetti and tomato sauce is a singular subject. Here we're talking about just one dish, one meal, spaghetti and tomato sauce, all on one plate. So we use is. The second sentence, we have a plural subject with two separate items. Spaghetti is one and the other is tomato sauce and these are joined with and. Spaghetti is a food, tomato sauce is a food, so spaghetti and tomato sauce are foods. Now, what about subjects that use or? This can depend on if we have two singular subjects or two plural subjects. Either the refrigerator or the freezer is open. Either the dogs or the cats are fighting. As you can see with or, if we have two singular subjects, we use is, and if we have two plural subjects, we use are. Now we will look at some cases that can be quite difficult for some learners. These are collective nouns and indefinite pronouns. It can be tricky to figure out if these count as singular or plural, so here are some tips to figure it out. First, let's look at collective nouns. Collective nouns refer to one thing that is made up of many smaller individual things. Some good examples are the team is playing tonight, one sports team made up of many individual players, the company is hiring, one company made up of employers, employees, buildings, etc. Or their baggage was heavy, one set of many bags. As you can see, for collective nouns, we'll usually use is and was like for singular nouns. 
When we use collective nouns, it helps to think of them as one collection of things. And so we can think of these like singular nouns. We can look at the differences between how we use plural nouns and collective nouns. We say, the players are playing tonight, the team is playing tonight. That company is hiring, those bosses are hiring. And their bags were heavy, their baggage was heavy. Next, we can have a look at indefinite pronouns. Indefinite pronouns don't refer to anything specific, and they can be very general. Some common examples are everybody, anything, and someone. So, what do you think? Are these singular or plural? Which of these sounds right to you? Everybody are kung fu fighting? Or everybody is kung fu fighting? When we think of everybody, we normally think of all the people of a group. So, it might seem like everybody is a plural word. But, similar to collective nouns, everybody is singular. So, we should maybe think of everybody as one group of all the people. And we should say everybody is. The same is true for anything and someone. We could say anything is possible. And someone was wearing perfume. Here are some other common singular pronouns in sentences. One is blue and cold, another is red and hot. Either is possible, neither is a good idea. One is obvious. It refers to one thing and is singular. We can think of another here as another one and as singular. Finally, when we use either or neither, we can think of this as each one option, or no one option. And so, again, these are all singular. We also have some common plural pronouns. For example, we can say, Many are living in Hull County. Others are living in Forsyth. Both are good options. The last topic we will cover here is singular and plural determiners with countable and uncountable nouns. You'll be familiar with the common singular determiners like a and an. We also have the, which is used for both singular and plural nouns. But we also have some plural determiners like all, some, many, few, and even no. Determiners and nouns also have agreement like nouns and verbs. For example, we must say a cat is sitting, the cat is sitting, the cats are sitting, all cats are related, and no cats are dogs. These should hopefully seem pretty straightforward. And you might notice that the determiner, noun, and verb all agree in number as either singular or plural. There is just one thing to watch out for here. Some nouns are countable, and this basically means it is possible to count them and know exactly how many we have. For example, we could say, there is one car in the driveway, there are 99 balloons. 
a good test is to try putting a number in front and seeing if this sounds right. But we also have uncountable nouns. This means that, yep, these nouns can't be counted, at least not easily. For example, we couldn't really say there are 1,000 grasses if we are talking about the grass on our lawn. 10,000 waters are in there if we are talking about water in our bathtub. There are 500 flour if we're talking about the flour we'll use to bake a cake. A pretty good test for uncountable nouns is to see if we can put a in front of them. If we can't use a, the noun is probably uncountable. Using our examples from before, we couldn't say there is a grass when talking about our lawn. There is a water in our bathtub, or there is a flower. There are a few ways we can describe these uncountable nouns with correct standard English grammar. We can use measure words and say there are 1,000 blades of grass, 10,000 drops of water are in there, or there are 500 grains of flour. If we use measure words like these, we keep the verb plural for numbers over one. The other way we can deal with uncountable nouns is with our plural determiners. Let's look at some examples. There is some water in the fridge. No flour was used. Most of the grass is green. All the water is mineral water. What do you notice about these sentences with plural determiners and uncountable nouns? The strange thing is, all the verbs used is and was, are singular. Again, we have to change our thinking here, so when we talk about some, most, or all of something uncountable, we can think of it as a single group of many, many things. Okay, so now it's time to put everything we've just learned into practice and to see how well you can apply subject-verb agreement. We'll start with the easier examples and then move on to the types of sentences that learners tend to find more difficult. So, for each of these sentences, try to fill in the blank with is or are and decide whether the subject is singular or plural. Write these down on a sheet of paper if it helps. The school, blank, just down the road. Once more, the school, blank, just down the road. So is that is or are, is it singular or plural? Next, Naples, blank, the name of a city in Italy, and a city in Florida. Naples blank, the name of a city in Italy and a city in Florida. And last one, fish blank, friends, not food. Fish blank, friends, not food. Okay, so let's look at that first one. The school blank, just down the road. Is that is or are? Well, the school refers to one specific place. The tells us it is specific, 
and school without s tells us it is singular, so we use is. The school is down the road. What about the next one? Naples blank, the name of a city in Italy and a city in Florida. The phrase Naples blank, the name of a city, is a big clue to the next one. Even though we later talk about two different cities, Naples, Florida, and Naples, Italy, the subject Naples is the name of a city, so it's singular, and we use is. Naples is the name of a city. Then uh, we have fish, blank friends, not food. So we see the subject fish without a singular determiner, a, so we know it is plural and should say fish are friends. All right, that was round one. Nice job for having a go. Now for some more sentences. For these, you'll also need to decide between has and have and was and were. So first one, they're blank, many ways to cook an egg. So is that is or are, has, have, they're blank, many ways to cook an egg. Okay, next one, mac and cheese, blank, being put back on the menu. Is that has or have? So mac and cheese, blank, being put back on the menu. And last one here, when I was younger, spaghetti and lasagna, blank, my favorite dishes. So this is the past, is this was or were? When I was younger, spaghetti and lasagna, blank, my favorite dishes. So the first sentence's subject starts with many ways. They're blank, many ways to cook an egg. This tells us that it is plural, and so we say there are many ways to cook an egg. Then, perhaps trickier, we see a subject with and, mac and cheese. Here we can count this as the name of a single dish. Before bean, we need has or have. We know that mac and cheese is singular, and so we say mac and cheese has been put back on the menu. For the last sentence, we see the subject spaghetti and lasagna. The phrase when I was younger tells us it's past tense and it needs was or were. And we know it's plural from the plural noun dishes. We say spaghetti and lasagna were my favorite dishes. All right, next set. The wolf pack blank bean hunting. The wolf pack blank bean hunting. Okay, next one. Oh no, the drainage, blank, blocked. Oh no, the drainage, blank, blocked. Next one. The many, blank, louder than the few. The many, blank, louder than the few. And last one here. Nobody, blank, leaving until it's fixed. Nobody, blank, leaving until it's fixed.
Let's look at the first sentence. Well, a wolf pack is a group of wolves. But here, pack is a collective noun. One group of wolves. So it's singular. We need either has or have before been hunting. So the answer is the wolf pack has been hunting. Next, the drainage blank blocked. First, what do we mean by the word drainage? Well, if any of you are plumbers out there, you'll know that drainage refers to all the pipes and equipment needed to drain water. A drainage system. So here we have another collective noun that we treat as a singular noun. We say the drainage is blocked. The next sentence is a little tricky and not a common pattern you'll see. Here we have the subject, the many, the followed by the noun many. We know that many is definitely more than one, and so we know this is plural. We say the many are louder than the few. And yeah, sure, you could say the many were louder than the few. Now, the last sentence in the set with the subject nobody. So, is nobody counted as a singular or plural? Is nobody an uncountable noun, an indefinite pronoun, or a collective noun? Nobody is, in fact, an indefinite pronoun. So, we can think of nobody like one group of none, zero. So, we can say nobody is leaving until it's fixed. Alright, now for the last set of practice questions. They're blank, some milk on the counter. Yesterday, both blank on sale. And lastly, each and every snowflake blank unique. So each of those one more time, they're blank some milk on the counter. Yesterday, both blank on sale. And each and every snowflake blank unique. Okay, starting with the first sentence, we need to figure out if the subject some milk is singular or plural. To do that, we need to know if milk is countable or uncountable. We could try using our test. There is a milk on the counter. Eh, this sentence doesn't really work unless we're talking about one bottle or glass of milk on the counter. So we can say that milk is uncountable. And so some milk is treated as singular. Also, if we were talking about the countable kind of milk, some bottles of milk, we would have to say some milks. There are or were some milks on the counter. But here we say there is or was some milk on the counter. For the next sentence, we have the pronoun both. This one should be fairly easy. How many people does both refer to? Well, two. We see yesterday, meaning we need the past tense here, so we need was or were. We know it's plural, so we say yesterday 
both were on sale. And last up, we have the subject each and every snowflake. Each and every can be counted as determiners here. We know everyone and everything are indefinite pronouns that we treat like singular nouns, and so every does the same thing here, and is also treated as singular. Mm, what about each? Each is used to talk about every individual member of a group, usually to describe something that all the individuals share. Therefore, each is also treated as singular. So here we can be sure that each and every snowflake is unique is the correct answer. And that's the end of today's lesson and today's podcast. Here's what you can take away. The subjects and verbs in a sentence, as well as determiners like a and some, must agree in person and number meaning the form of a verb will change depending on if it's me, you, or your pink pet alligator doing the actions. And when it's just one man, the two of us, or all four hungry hippos. The simplest rule is if we have one thing, a singular noun, we generally use is, was, and has, and if we have more than one thing, a plural noun, we generally use are, were, and have. Subjects in sentences that begin with there come after the verbs is, are, and was, were. There is a duck in the pond. There were ducks in the pond. When verb phrases contain lots of auxiliary or helping verbs, like the sentence they have been watching TV, only the first verb on the left has to agree with the subject. Compare they have been watching TV, and he has been watching TV. When a subject contains and, we need to figure out if the subject is referring to one thing, like a bowl or meal of curry and rice, or two separate things, like Missouri and Iowa. Curry and rice is tasty. Missouri and Iowa are in the Midwest. Collective nouns, that is, nouns that refer to a single group of nouns, a team, a company, a herd of animals, are usually treated as singular subjects. We say the team is winning, the company was started, and the herd has traveled. Indefinite pronouns, general pronouns that don't refer to any specific thing, like nobody, something, or everyone, are also treated like singular subjects. Even though everyone refers to all people in a group, we would say everyone is here, and there is nothing over there. Determiners and less common pronouns can also be singular or plural. Others can be used with both singular and plural subjects. A, an, one, another, either, neither, and each are all singular. We can say, a duck is swimming, there is an apple here, one is blue, one beetle is blue, another is red, another beetle is red, either is fine, either plan is fine, neither is bad, neither idea is bad, and each child is taught. Few, many, 
other or others, and both are all plural. We can say few are in Antarctica. Few people are in Antarctica. Many are ready. Many athletes are ready. Others are friendly. Other janitors are friendly. Both are affordable. Both programs are affordable. The and no can be used in both singular and plural subjects. We can say the dolphin is swimming. The dolphins are swimming. The milk is stale. No robot is evil. No robots are evil. No milk is stale. Some and all can be used with plural subjects and uncountable nouns. We can say, all are good dogs. All dogs are good dogs. All water is H2O. Some are lucky. Some numbers are lucky. Some water is safe to drink. Finally, uncountable nouns are treated as singular unless they're used with a plural measure word. Grass is green. A blade of grass is green. Blades of grass are green. Bread is tasty. A loaf of bread is tasty. Loaves of bread are tasty. When thinking about subject-verb agreement, try to identify the person and number of the subject and what type of noun or pronoun it is. Then you can figure out which form of a verb to use. I hope you found this podcast lesson by Linear Technical College helpful. This may seem like a lot to learn, but with practice, you'll become a master of subject-verb agreement and form perfect sentences with no trouble. I've been Hallam Pope. Thank you for listening, and good luck on your English language learning journey. Until next time. This concludes the lesson. Please make a note of the time, complete your log sheet, and turn your log in to your instructor at the end of the week. Then complete the follow-up activities assigned by your instructor or in your course module. This podcast has been a production of Lanier Technical College Adult Education.